listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 88 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. everyone and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making my name is Stephen Hovicki and as always I'm here with my co-hosts Hassan Godwin and Lathan Conger III. Our guest today returning after a long stint away from the show has been a working artist and writer in the comics industry for nearly five decades he hates when I say that in that time <laughs> he has written and or drawn most of the iconic characters that everybody knows uh, most well known for his acclaimed four-year run on Marvel's Thor in which he created many of the characters and situations that you've already seen on the big screen. <laughs> his groundbreaking graphic novel based upon the film Aliens set a bar for movie adaptations and has rarely been met since. That, that one's just for me, by the way. Uh, he <laughs> continues his legacy today, writing and drawing the series Ragnarok for IDW Comics, and I only call him a legend because I know he just poo-poos the idea. Walter, welcome back to, Cin- to, welcome back to Cinemental. <laughs> Thank you. It is. It's so nice to be here for such a wonderful introduction. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I am up past my bedtime as an old guy, so we're going to have to move this along. <laughs> oh, past your bedtime. Listen, I know how late you stay up working. You can't fool oh. me. <laughs> but then again, I did see what you just recently finished, so I know you've probably been up late several days in a row. Well, I was actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, then let's just jump right into it. Uh, let's uh, Let's suffer from consumption. Uh, who wants to go first, Lay? Hassan? Uh, I got the least probably, so I can go first. Okay. Um, I don't really have much, so I lied last week. I said I was going to watch a ton, and I ended up not watching a ton. Ah. Uh, I'll tell you, I got to the eighth episode episode of um, WandaVision, and the eighth, ep- the eighth episode really, really bothered me. And they're going to have to pull out all the stops on the ninth one to save that show. I did not oh. like it. I, 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 I had a big, big problem with it. So, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I'll which, say is, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, effectively means the world will not be affected in any way, shape, or form. But uh, that's. <laughs> That's, that's just what I think. That is not. That was not the the the, the nature of my uh oh. My my uh oh is like if you're if you're hoping that that last episode brings it home for you. Oh no. Oh no, buddy. I don't oh, know. Hassan, <laughs> I just need verification or Steve or anybody. So that first scene in episode eight, that's supposed to actually be taking place in reality. When we, when they're um, showing Salem in eight in sixteen forty whatever. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. that's bad. Awful, 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 awful. Okay, so I watched that. Um, you know it's a comic book show, though, right? <laughs> I, I do. Okay, but even with comic book shows, sometimes, ah. But it, just be quiet, like, just shut, it, shut it now. Shut it now. 
Uh, we continued on our ER uh, binge watching me and my daughter. So we're in the, towards the end of season three. We're very excited tomorrow night because tomorrow night on some Facebook uh, live thing, they're having most of the original cast reunite for a right. Facebook live event. So we're, we're excited. Cool. And we will probably not get one of our questions answered because there'll be a billion people on there, but we're going to try. And um, other than that, uh, really didn't watch much else of anything. That was it for the week. I, I planned to watch two movies that I have on uh, Netflix or on uh, the mail, whatever the mail-in service now is called for Netflix, DVD.com or whatever. Right, but right. I didn't, didn't get a chance to watch them yet. So, okay. Um, and of course, the two movies for this week. So, right. Hey, uh, I watched the Falcon and Winter Soldier latest episode. I watched the second episode of uh, the Nevers. Um, Did it uh, help at all? I mean, look, it's interesting. It makes you want to okay. watch the next one. Okay. It's uh, you know, it's full of it's full of stuff I don't necessarily. Dude. But I think I think the Victorian background helps with the Whedonisms. It doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't Whedon out as bad as a. Uh, Gotcha. As bad as he usually does. Can't so it's as, can't be quite as hip. Yeah. And so and there's not a lot of there's it's not overrun with like these these out of these kind of out of context quips and stuff like right. that. So um also because it's only six episodes, it's moving pretty fast, which is it's just another thing that's that's pleasant, you know, that it's it's just, you know <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean that in you know, sometimes no, I, yeah, I know what you mean. People don't know how to pace these shows, you know, and uh, and so you know this is this is pretty moving in a pretty uh, pretty good clip. So good, whatever it is going to be, ultimately it'll be over quick. So that that's cool. Watch another episode of Invincible, which I like. It's, it's not bad. I started. I'm sorry about this. I started watching season six of uh, Supergirl just because it's the last season. Have you seen and the first a, five? I saw the first four and a half. I didn't see the the second half of season oh, okay. five. Okay. As soon as they got to Crisis on Infinite Earths, I kind of lost out because I don't watch I don't watch all of the the WB shows, and I'm uh, like I, I have no. So it was idea. like a crossover, and you were like, "Well, I, I'm not going to know any of the other parts." Yeah, it was like a major crossover <laughs> event. I'm I'm I heard it was good. I heard the fans like it, you know. So that's kind of cool. But since I was, you know, since I didn't watch, uh, you know, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I don't watch The Flash. I, I watch it semi-annually, but I mean, semi-regularly, not annually. Uh, but I don't watch it enough that I would know what's going on. So right on. anyway, so I just kind of it's, the, it's their last season. They're wrapping it up. Everybody's disappointed with the, you know, the, with the quality of the show now or whatever. So I'm just trying to finish it off. For some reason, I got sidetracked I, and I, I, I got went down the Star Trek, the original series rabbit hole. Oh, and I, I went in there for one episode, just just uh, just a nostalgic <laughs> episode. And I was like 10 episodes later and I'm like, oh, man. All right. I got to stop. And like, uh, like, like right in the middle somewhere. Yeah. I um, there's a there's a YouTube uh, uh, reviewer uh, named Lore Runner, who I really like. And he went through all of uh, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and Voyager. And so now he's going through the the original series and uh, Enterprise, mm-hmm. and so I've I've been and he's he's doing um he's reviewing them by production schedule as opposed to air date. That's weird. So, yeah. So because he said there's you know there's there's so much material on it, 
right. that, you know, that he just, he was able to pick and choose exactly. So like by doing it uh, by production schedule, he, he can note that there's still things about character and canon and stuff like that, that are just completely up in the air, you know, like, right. even though, um, and I forget which episode it was, it was, um, uh, I don't want to um my way through the whole thing, but it was, it's a, it's a pretty famous episode. You know, they were still referring to Spock as a Vulcanian, like 10, ep- it, it, it airs 10 episodes in, even though production wise, <laughs> it's, it's the third episode. So, little, oh, I see. I see. Now I got you. Yeah. A little cheeky okay. things like that. That's so funny. I, so I ended up watching that episode. Right. And then, uh, you know, and then I just, <laughs> and then I just, more. yeah. And I just <laughs> stayed it's, uh, with the streaming service. It makes it so easy that, you I, know, you just, oh, all right, right I'll, I'll, I'll suffer through another episode. Let I it suppose. ride. Yeah, exactly. Now I watched because I got uh, the diamond select version of, of uh, Vincent. From the, <laughs> I watched the black hole again. Oh, awesome! This is awesome because I never got one of these when I was a kid, and so the the fact that I and I just kind of stumbled across it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So it was. There's also a there's also a a Bob. There's an old Bob. Oh, nice. Um, so I watched the black hole again. I watched which is that. An, not I watched very it, interesting movie. Yeah, I watched <laughs> it last year uh, for the first time in a really really long time. I mean, it's got some problems, but I mean. It's top- it's really a gothic, like really well done kind yeah. of you know, nineteen seventies gothic uh sci-fi it's epic. A, it's a pretty dark movie considering it was a yeah. Disney movie. But it just jumps into yeah. a lot of stuff that's like, what what is what is yeah. this supposed to be? You know? And I forgot how when it, I know when I was a kid I, I loved the film, except for the ending where they were in hell. And oh, that, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't do a kid, you know, when you when you, you pull that on a kid and don't warn him. Yeah, that they're, they're gonna. By the way, there's gonna be a big depiction of hell, and there's gonna yeah, be you're, fires. You're, and... you're expecting the heading back to Earth ending, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and nope, we're going through. <laughs> we're going to hell. Um, uh, and I d- I didn't remember that the robots were so clunky. You know, whatever. But uh, it was it wasn't what it was. And I had my because there's a the Mighty Ducks TV show on Disney Plus, so I had my Mighty Ducks moment. Sorry, guys. I you know what? I'm freelancing, so I mean, I there's. There's nothing to do sometimes, and so it, it was. It was at my disposal. What do you want from me? Um, I watched a couple episodes of season three of The Expanse, which is my favorite season. I watched The Empire of Dreams on Disney Plus again, which is the making of the original three uh, Star Wars movies. Oh, okay. I watched. Uh, I watched season. I'm halfway through season two of uh, Outlander. Uh, just you know, I'm making my way through it. And then I watched. Uh, what what is is that the Outlander is that the person? woman who's time traveling in Scotland? Okay, gets stuck in Scotland. It's from a series of novels. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. From okay. Diana uh, Gabaldon, I think. Yeah, Diana um, I, I read the first and one watched, and has watched the entire series up to now. Ah, there you go. It's it's not it's not bad. It's very good. It's you know it's you know but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's action. I, I hear a lot, a lot about action. it. I just, I, it's not something I ever, I ever target. Yeah, so. but it's very romance oriented. But I mean, it's not a, it's not schlocky. You know, it's not right. like this. You know, when um, did Sean Connery come into that series? He, he's, he's dead, Lethem. So no, oh. we're not. Well, gonna... you said there's been many seasons, though, right? Wasn't yeah, he in the original? No, that's Highlander, Lethem. Oh, what's this one called? 
He's also Scottish. Outlander. Also Out- Scottish. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Outland. My bad. Oh, there you My go. bad. Okay, so um, <laughs> uh, Walter, what have what have you watched recently? Uh. Not much. <laughs> I don't really watch much television. Um, Good man. Uh, here's why. I showed this to Steve earlier. A few other guys. For you viewers at home, just refer to to Walter's Facebook oh, feed. God. Wow. If you if you haven't it's seen like Walter's Facebook feed, feed, there's a nice scan there. But it's it's basically one of the largest drawings I've done. So it's twenty two by thirty. That's where my time this week went. So it was a commitment. If you if you guys go to Walter's Facebook uh, Facebook page, you can see a scan of it, a full scan of it. Yeah, cool. um, it so, is pretty spectacular. I mean, mostly the TV I watch has been stuff like PBS NewsHour. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I rarely watch series. I don't want to get sucked into them. I got so much other stuff I need to get done that if I watch a lot of television, that stuff doesn't happen. Right. So I will drift in. Weezy's watching. Weezy has been going through. I mean, she's the one that. You probably should be talking to. She's got the most of the Outlander stuff. She's watching um, uh, what's the Midwife series called? Oh, uh, Handmaid's Tale. No, no, no. This is about uh, midwives in the in England in twenties. Uh, uh, I think. Oh. Uh, Call the Midwife. Oh, called. okay. A whole series of those, which she's really enjoying, and she's gone through a lot of other stuff as well. So um, she has been binge watching a lot right. of stuff, but mostly. I mean, the one thing I really, I mentioned this to you before, I'm not sure on this program, but um, we've watched two thirds of uh, Professor T. Yeah, you did mention that before. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, the, the third series we haven't watched yet because I, I sort of feel there's some danger it may have jumped the shark. It may not have, <laughs> um, but they did a thing that the Professor, it's a, what is that? A, I can't remember that, if that's a, Belgium show, show out of Belgium, um, but it's a it's in you know it's subtitle whatever the language is, and uh, T is a, a professor criminology psychological stuff about criminals, and uh, somewhere way on the spectrum, really interesting guy, very brilliant, helps the cops out solving their cases, and it starts off kind of as a mystery, murder mystery of the day or of the episode, and as you watch it, it builds up the character relationships around him and the other characters that, are, that play in it. And they become, become, you know, that's as interesting, if not more so than most of the crimes, but they're really fascinating. And in the last episode on, in the second season, they, they make a really big jump that I, I'm not going to blow it for everybody. If you haven't seen it and decide to watch it. What's the show but called? It, Professor it's T. It's called Professor T. Like the letter uh, for tango. Um, and it's it's on I don't know Amazon Prime yeah, or or so. we get we get PBS stuff through Amazon Prime as well, right. and it's certainly on the PBS station. Um, so that's been that was really good. I now that I'm not, I had to get through a bunch of work the last couple of months. That's now done. So I hope to go back and watch the third season. Now we'll just blow one or two of those off a night and uh, check it right. out. So oh, and also. Uh, I've really, I really enjoyed Endeavor, which is a British, another British uh, murder mystery. I like murder mysteries. Um, in, do you guys know uh, Inspector Morse? Yes. 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 Endeavor Morse. Inspector right. Morse. This is, in, yeah, Endeavor Morse is his name. This is him when he's young. 
it spun off. This is like the third, the second series spun off from the original series. They had one with his, his uh, assistant detective became its own series for a while. Right. And now Endeavor, they've gone back to his youth when he's first starting out. And there are, I don't know, six seasons of it or thereabouts. Yeah. And those have been, they're like an hour and a half episode. Those are great. They're, the guy who plays Endeavor, whose name I don't know, uh, is really good. The episodes have been quite fascinating. And like other shows of that sort, there are a lot of threads that run through it and, and they evolve over the time, over the course of the series. Cool. So, uh, and in one case, they had a really fabulous bit where a guy that you kind of think of as a, one of the officials, but sort of a, I don't know about a milk toast exactly, but he's kind of fussy and he's a little, uh, you know, he kind of tries to keep things going, but it's, you just sort of, you don't want to write him off. He's not, not dumb, but you just think, well, you know, this is guy, whatever he is, and he's got some other pro- personal problems going on. And it turns out he hunted tigers in India, including killing a, uh, taking out a manhunter. So he's done stuff that none of these guys have done. And it was, and that eventually plays in one of the episodes. And it was just, it was sort of like when it happened, it was like, holy cow, it was great. So those shows I've enjoyed. So that's probably about it for me and TV watching right now. <laughs> Sorry. That's more than most of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I think we've suffered enough. So, um, <clears throat> so Walt's, Walt's feature choice is charade. Do we know each other? Why do you think we're going to? I don't know. How would I know? Because I already know an awful lot of people, and until one of them dies, I couldn't possibly meet anyone else. Well, if anyone goes on the critical list, let me know. As you can see, she was in serious trouble. But she still found time to enjoy herself. Of course, she never had as much fun as her husband. Now, he knew how to relax. You see, it all began when he got off the train. Police probably think I killed him. Instant divorce, you mean? What are you doing in here? I'm having a nervous breakdown. But her life wasn't always that gay. You're Charles Voss's wife. Now that he's dead, you're their only lead. Mr. Bartholomew, if you're trying to frighten me, you're doing a first-rate job. From 1963, directed by Stanley Donen, with a running That's time of... charade, Steve. It's a charade. <laughs> with a with a running time of 113 minutes, <laughs> a recent widow a recent widow discovers that her dead husband was involved in some shady dealings involving some stolen money. Three of his former partners think she's in on it and try to get her to give up the money she knows nothing about. A divorcee she meets on vacation arrives to help her navigate these increasingly choppy waters. But his intent are his intentions as true as they seem, and is he who he claims to be, Walter? <laughs> that was what? nicely done. <laughs> why? Uh, why did you pick charade? Because I love it. Um, (laughs) I have like, there are about four or five movies that I totally love. And if they come up on television at some point, I can just, whatever part of the movie comes on, I can just sit down and watch the rest of the film. Yep. And it won't make any difference. And Charade's a movie, I probably saw the last half of that movie 20 times before I finally spotted it in the TV guide, this is how long ago this was, and went, oh my God, it's going to be on. I can watch the beginning. Oh my goodness. Not the whole film. And I have to say, I was not disappointed 
by the whole film. One thing you didn't say that, which is simply that the male lead divorcee is Cary Grant. The widow, or, widow he helps is Audrey Hepburn. And the three bad guys, I can never remember the little Jewish guy's name. Ned yeah. Glass. What's, Ned Glass, that's right. And George... Uh, Kennedy. Kennedy, thank you. George Kennedy, who is phenomenally menacing in the movie. Yeah. James Coburn, who is still incredibly cool just by being James Coburn. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great cast. And it's also, I think it's wonderfully written. It's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of quippy dialogue. It's the kind of dialogue I wish I could say in real life, but never will. <laughs> I'd like my life to be dialogue like that. Right. If I hung around Howard Chaykin long enough, his dialogue yeah. would be like that. Mine still wouldn't be, but it would be really cool. And right. so I love that aspect of it. I just, I love the writing. I love the fact that there are so many questions through the film i've come across comments where so many people have said that it's the best hitchcock movie hitchcock never made that's right and yeah. and that i yeah maybe i don't know i've a lot of movies i haven't seen that might be hitchcockian but that's it really has that quality to it and uh one of the things that i've heard is that Cary grant originally was reluctant to do it i don't know what the age difference between him and audrey hepburn was then 25 was years was significant and he was concerned about being a handsome man pursuing a girl who was 25 years his junior. Right. And he thought that might be a little, I don't know if he thought it was creepy, but he might think it was a little strange and maybe unconvincing. Right. And they, I don't know if it was at his behest or not, but they worked out the script so that really she's the one who does the pursuing. Oh yeah. And that works out really well in the story. I thought mm -hmm. they really had handled that really beautifully. So the character interactions are a riot. There are a number of moments where you're not quite sure, you know, is this going to be scary? It's like when the, the Luger comes out at the beginning of the film and lines up on Audrey Hepburn, and you're, it's effectively one of the first things to happen. Yes. Like, oh, no. And then it turns out to be something else is going on. Right. So it was, it was just, it was clever, I thought, and very enjoyable. And I, the interaction really of all the actors in there, um, including the bad guys, was just great. So, I mean, I could, I could quote lines from it, whatever, but that's really, in that sense, it just seems almost a perfect movie to me where the, I just, I like all the stuff that happens in it. I like the way the plot is worked out. Um, I like the way people get killed. I mm -hmm. like the way, you know, I just like, and I like the solution. It's a movie where the solution itself, yes. you know, now when you see it, I go, well, of course. <laughs> but, but really yeah, at the time i saw it, i'm going oh no of, of course that was the answer but i didn't <laughs> get it at the time so right. and the other thing i like i, I came across about the movie that i just like this this is like because it's so much fun and i think about it whenever i see the movie opening the movie opens with a pan across the french countryside and comes to rest stop looking down a perspective view of railroad tracks over mm -hmm. down to the down to some trees and a copse of woods that comes out of and after a moment a train comes around the curve and starts heading right past the camera on the left and it gets you know, larger and larger and finally it's whipping along and i cannot remember now if the camera simply pans to be perpendicular to the train or if they cut to it don't remember how that works but 
you're looking right at the train as all the cars are whizzing by. And all of a sudden you see a body drop off the other side of yes. the train, get the slope and roll down. And I gather that what that, they didn't set the train up. I gather the filmmakers worked out the train schedule, set up their cameras and began filming. I mean, they probably had some guy beyond the curve to radio. Right. Here comes the train, start filming. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the guy that falls off the train, I think they had like a platform on the other side of the train, but right. the legs are far apart. So you don't really see it in the picture. But then he you could just jump off. The platform and rolls down, down the slope and ends up being a dead guy that yep. starts the movie going. I just, I thought that was very clever, just as a bit of, you know, we don't have to pay for an entire train to do this one scene. We'll just use the real thing. So I just enjoyed it. I still enjoy that movie enormously. I, it goes around, comes around uh, TCM. I'm also thrilled because however this stuff works, the copyright in that film was lost. So it was uh, yeah, it wasn't. Fun. What happened was, was they put when they, this is a, this is a clerical thing. It, it's a, when they, when they listed the copyright for the film, they forgot to put the copyright symbol. You know, I have to say, I always find stuff like that. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> really? But I, you know, but it did. Yeah. And so the result was that for years, there were a lot of incredibly crappy copies of yep. that movie available on uh, VHS. Sure. Know, DVD, but they were really crappy. And then a few years ago, probably more than I want to think about now, but a few years back, Criterion yep. did a disc of that movie. So I was able to pick up a really fine copy of the whole film. And now when it shows on TCM, as it does occasionally, just recently. Actually, it's that pristine watched, copy. Yeah, uh, it's really it looks great. So I'm I'm glad whatever the copyright situation is, they were able to get it together and get a good copy out there for the rest of us. to enjoy. Criterion jumped on that very early on because of the fact that it was public domain and they didn't right. they didn't need to. I think it's spine number maybe 30, either 37 oh, yeah, or 57. Right. It's It's pretty early on in their evolution. I had never seen it before. It's been on, uh, it's been one of those movies that I see, you know, I've seen, you know, all of, all over the place and people, you know, it, it comes up in conversation and I had just never sat down to watch it. And it was absolutely delightful from the opening Maurice Bender credits, which were, oh. <laughs> which were so, so clearly I, uh, they jumped out, they started and I'm like, and as soon as the credit came up with Maurice Bender, I was just like, it had to be. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> the electricity, like you talked about, between uh, between Grant and Audrey Hepburn at the time he was 60 and she was. And again, she's 35 and in the movie and she looks easily in her 20s. And it's probably just that's more the reason yeah. why the not the yeah. actual age they were different. But the fact that she appears to be 40 years as junior, not not 25 and you know and she's she's nearly ephemeral in this i mean she is absolutely gorgeous and just listening like you said listening to them the the the, the talk between the, the conversation between the two of them the the supporting cast of the three the three bad guys who are who are chasing after her after the money and, and like you said as strong as those three characters and actors are you almost feel they almost become insignificant to them you know, other than being foils in the story and to have James Coburn and George Kennedy as stand out as they are in the roles that they play to be as, as much as a side man as, as you could, as you could be in a movie with those guys uh, is amazing. And that's, that's all to, to the fact of, of you're, you're just so focused on Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. 
it's uh, this was so much fun to watch. I you know I mean and Walter Matthau uh, is. Oh, I've never forgot him. Yes, Matthau is hysterical. Yes, he's, he's, he's greatly comic in a whole bunch of the scenes where you get he gets a call from Audrey Hepburn at some point and he's doing deep knee bends. Yes, while he's on the phone. <laughs> He's doing his deep debuts up and down and talking, explaining stuff to her and trying to persuade her. And it just, he's really wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, and even if you look at that, you know, how the way I'm explaining it, the, the, what, what would appear to be a lack of balance in the casting, mm-hmm. how everything fits together is, is like you said, so well done. And this sort of, you know, she, she kind of, you know, she meets him in the opening sequence and then goes back home to Paris to her husband who she's going to divorce and, and then finds out once she gets home that he has died and sold off everything in their home. And she comes home to an empty, an empty apartment. And to the, you know, she goes to, she gets a, a note from the police uh, inspector and, you know, and we're off. Here's a bag with, you know, six random things that we found in your husband's train compartment. And that's all there was. I mean, part of it also is just the design that when she goes home without knowing that he's right. no longer alive and she goes into the apartment and it's an apartment that's like, it has ceilings. It must be 40 feet high. Right. I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know where the apartment is. I guess it's somewhere in Paris. Right. Like in one of those buildings. <laughs> but just unbelievable. And of course, she is not 40 feet high. No. And so when she walks in and there's this giant room and everything echoes and there's right. nothing there, they're just empty. I mean, the doors are probably 10 feet high, you know, let alone when she's she's talking to when Cary Grant comes, they're talking in the room before he whisks her off like a knight in shining shining armor to get her a place to stay and stuff like that. And and she's looking around smoking a cigarette. It was the old. And she just says, says, Charles never really saw this room. Her husband. Right. Only saw the things in it. I think I prefer it this way. <laughs> you're only in that apartment for like what five minutes if that yeah and but it's still it makes something out of it that's something else the movie where the the locations that they're in even as briefly as that is or the the paris metro which mm-hmm. they spend the time in all of the locations i don't know they they just feel convincing and the characters right. inhabit those spaces in a way that's completely convincing for as light and airy as a good bit of that movie is. I mean, it really is like watching, I mean, with Matt and the rest of them, it's like watching old pros at work. And yeah. they're just great. Yeah, absolutely. Latham, what do you, uh, how do you feel about charade? Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's, um, it's one of those movies where I took notes on it and then looked up, after I was done with it on the Wikipedia page and every point I had written down has already been talked about or discussed, including the, uh, the age difference between um, Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn, which I actually like. I, I, I like when I, I think their explanation of it is kind of, I don't know, weak in how they're, how they justify that it's okay. But I actually, I'm a big anti-ageism guy. So that didn't bother me at all in the movie. I I, I, I kind of thought that it was cool that they did it at that time, at the time the movie came out. I, I would think that back then stuff like that would have been more, I don't know, a little bit racy or a little bit more, you know, it, it could classify the film as 
as something maybe certain people shouldn't see. So I, right. I, I like right. I like that part of it. And the movie is like outside the box in a lot of different areas. I think some of the lines in it, some of the jokes are, it's almost like they wrote them at, while they were filming, like when, um, uh, when they're, when they're on the riverbank and then they, they, the camera pans up and Notre Dame, I think it's Notre Dame is right there. Mm-hmm. And you hear Cary Grant say, where'd that come from? I mean, that, that kind of stuff is just, <laughs> that's outside the box jokes. That's great. And that's, there's a lot of them littered throughout the movie. And yet the script is very tight revised and you know really well written the dialogue is is really uh you know crisp between the two leads and everyone else and have you seen the movie before i'd never seen it before this first time okay oh i had heard i'd heard about it a lot and and again it's on my it's on another one i can cross out of my book which is i always love when guests pick uh, movies that i can cross out of that book full of 500 movies so um it's you know, it's just, it's just fun that, you know, I'm watching the opening titles and I'm like, well, this is the best James Bond movie I've ever seen. That's not a James Bond movie. <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, duh, you moron. It's the same guy. It, the opening sequence, it, it matters when you can open a movie with those kinds of brilliant credits and, you know, the perfect music behind it. I mean, that, that little drum theme that Mancini's got going is, I mean, it pulls you right in with those credits and the arrows going in circles and there's a maze and it instantly you get what, you know, what you're going to be dealing with and seeing this movie. And I think that's just, you know, that a lot of, a lot of movies blow that off at the beginning, they blow off their opening credits. You don't have to have a complicated like opening credit sequence, but how you open the movie matters. And that, I, I believe it comes after the train scene, correct? Yes, I think that's right. The train scene, rolls, you see the guy's head lying there, and then they start yeah, having you see the guy's, yes, the guy's yes. head lying there. Right, and then it goes right into the movie. And by the way, too, that what Walter was saying about the opening shot, I mean, it's a real simple just panning shot. And, you know, I don't know if that guy, you know, that, that train was moving, man. That Someone's jumping <laughs> off that train. That, that sucker is... You know, it's it's not going slow. That's if that's a real stunt, that's that's pretty amazing too. But it also sets the tone for the movie being both comedic and serious, and and you know, it, it you know going both go both ways with you got this dead guy that's obviously dead, and then you know after the credits you see a gun, and then it's a squirt gun. So immediately you know you're dealing with a movie that's going to have comedy and a movie that's going to have, you know, serious drama. And, and it, the way it balances it is, you know, for its time, I think it's, it's really well done. I, I you know, I, 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 I loved it mostly because of the story and the script. It's just really well thought out. And you can tell the, the person who wrote it um, just took their time and, and made sure all these twists and turns made sense. And, when you watch it the second time, they still make, I'm sure they still make sense. And that's a testament to, you know, because some movies you watch them once, then the second time you're like, eh, there's a lot, there's a lot of problems and faults with this, but this was, uh, this was great from beginning to end. I liked it a lot. There was actually, I read somewhere that somebody had said that once you know the outcome, once you know the twist, the final twist, um, that when you go back and watch it again, it actually feels like a different movie because you already know you're not worried about, 
where we're going to end up. So you don't have to think about following that detail kind of, you don't have to follow the bouncing ball because you know where the ball is going to be at the end of the story. So you can, you can sort of just pay attention to the rest of the movie kind of for what it is. And uh, so they said, actually repeat viewings of this are actually a lot of fun. Uh, I can attest to that. Yes. As, as Walter can attest to, I mean, and, and, and something that Latham said about the balance of this movie, it never, there's never a time in the movie where you think that they're overdoing it one way or another. It never feels like they're being too serious for too long or they're being too glib or, 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 you know, cute for too long. It's a, it's a really nicely handled and just, you never, there's never a point in this movie where you're just either kind of move it along or, you know, you never get sick of anything you're, you're seeing in this. Uh, it's just, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't, uh, you know, again, with the, with the age thing between them, I mean, it, they end up together at the end of the movie. It doesn't matter who's pursuing who yep. you've got this older guy who's with this younger girl and that's that. And, you know, you could justify it or explain it away any way you want, but, these two are together at the end of the movie. So, and I don't have a problem with it, but I'm sure somebody did somewhere and I'm happy that they were annoyed by it. <laughs> Hassan? Uh, I'm, I'll never learn, you know, like. Had you seen this? No, nah, I never saw it. Okay. And I look at the, the spreadsheet. Like, Man, why does Walt pick these damn movies that I've never heard of before? <laughs> Obscure freaking movies. I do not feel like sitting down and watching a two-hour movie from 1963. Like, give me a break. Well, I couldn't sit down and give you a movie from, like, the last 10 years, so. Yeah, right? Stuck. <laughs> you know, you turn the movie on, and then the movie just starts, and, like, you know, six seconds in, you're like, all right, fine. <laughs> fine. Damn, movie's working. God damn it. Like I've, you know, like all right, like I like slick dialogue. I like, but I like movies with characters in them, and I loved, I love Jeff Colburn. I almost like hollered when he showed up. Like he just like just, just one of these ancillary characters in the background. Like it's Jeff Colburn. James, Coburn. this is like the greatest movie ever. Uh James Colburn. Yeah, because I I get him mixed up with Jeff Colbert. Excuse me. Oh, Lisa. okay. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite line in this film is. Uh, He's going to take a shower, and he's like, "I like to sing when I'm in the shower. Do you have any requests?" She's like, "Close the door." That's <laughs> that won the whole I film for me. Know that one, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one. And it, it was that's a great comeback from him. But I mean, close the door was the was the was a capper. We didn't even need to go further than that. So the fact that there was <laughs> another clever line just waiting after that, and of course, like like Walt says, like I wish I could talk like that, you know. The, the 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 dialogue between she and and, uh, and Cary Grant in the very beginning, right? She kind of you know openly rejects him, you know, and then tells him he gives up too easily. Yeah, and then right. he's, and he's and he's just kind of <laughs> hanging around like, all right, look, how am I supposed? How do you? What do you want me to do? Like you know, and I'm and then, and you know the fact that he it, so it's there's so many iterations of Cary Grant in the film. That's why the mystery works <laughs> because. First, he's just this hapless guy who's wandering around, who sees this woman, says something nice to her. She, she just completely bowls him over with, uh, you know, with wit, right? And then tries to get rid of him and then tries to hold on to him at the same time. It's that, you know, that, that push and pull kind of thing. And then he comes back and he seems to kind of know some of what's 
going on as the plot starts to pick up and we know the stakes, right? So then he's one character. Then he becomes another character. Then you find out he's lying about that character. And so you're <laughs> so busy dealing with how many people Cary Grant is, you're not actually trying to figure out the mystery, which is why Walter Matthau can be the exact same guy over and over again and be completely quirky. And you don't automatically suspect him until you've started to run out of suspects. And you're like, wow, wait a minute. The Walter Matthau ball is the only one that hasn't bounced in this entire, in this entire story. Um, And by then you're like, yeah, it's obviously Walter. But I mean, by the time I was like, it's so obviously Walter Matthau. She'd already called his office and a completely different guy picked up the phone. I'm like, ah, I knew it. But the way they just kept the, the ball in the air like it's it's it wasn't there wasn't really genuinely clever misdirection there it was just character you know the characters were shuffling around and you and they just kept your eyes on these characters first of all uh audrey hepburn is you know is absolutely electric she actually she absolutely carries the whole movie she's partially affected by the fact that her husband is dead but partially, you know, feels the freedom of, okay, I didn't have to divorce him and I'm out of this situation. (laughs) And, and then you find out, yeah, this guy's dead. And unfortunately, because of some stuff that he did, now people are trying to kill you, you know, and now she's got to deal with that. But she's so cynical about it because it's so, it's such an overwhelming set of circumstances that, and, and she doesn't crumble to it. So it just becomes, you know, it just becomes a part of her, you know, a darkness part of her uh, personality. And then, you know, you got uh, you got James Coburn and George Kennedy. Jesus Christ. What the what the hell? You know, and, and yeah, and these just these these creatures that just pop out of the scenery while she's you know, she's she's trying to figure out what moves to make. And they're like, you know, where is it? Give it to, you know, and, and, and just at that point, the movie had told us exactly what the MacGuffin was. So you knew what they were looking for. So you were the, like, the movie never leaves you behind, but it still makes so many moves so fast that it feels like it's faster than you, but it's, it's not really, it's just, it's just really sharp. It's just really, really, really well put together. Also when George Kennedy goes off the roof, and he's like, "Hey, you're all right down here." He goes, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Yeah, just to just to let you know, Cary Grant's not actually killing people, which is another like, you know, a, another nod to the <laughs> fact that he's probably not the main bad guy." So yeah, so like, yeah, about about an hour in, I'm like, "This this is God damn it, this is how do I not how did I not ever know that this movie existed?" You know, it's, and it's. <laughs> I'll never learn like movies from this era or uh, most of the movies from this era are good, you know, like not like this. This is like kind of an exceptional efficiency in storytelling. I will, I will call it. I know it sounds clinical, but that's that's the only thing that's coming to mind now. But most of these movies are really compelling and really, really sharp and very character driven. Yeah. And because I'm a Gen Xer. And I'm opposed to Technicolor or some weirdness like that. I, I'm not. I'm not attracted to watching as many of these movies as possible. I've everyone that I've seen either either movies that we've we've reviewed or movies that other friends have shown me. Like you know, my man Godfrey 
And uh, I just watched the 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 other movie, um, Things to Come, mm-hmm. which was you know just this amazing, you know, stunning visual, you know, uh, storytelling. Strange movie, but it's very it was like very very. You know, wonderful like H.G. Wells' uh, a story with uh, with this amazing you know uh, nineteen I think it's nineteen twenty five or something like that and the and the visuals to it and it's like there's there's a treasure trove out there and I just I always deny myself uh, the 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 pleasure of seeing these things and I I and I always groan when I see them, like oh man not another like I'm I always feel that I'm not gonna they're they're gonna be inaccessible to me like I'm not gonna be able to access it. And see any worth in it, and it, and I'm, I'm wrong every time. Like it's not even, not even like once or other two. There was that one movie that really sucked, and and that's you know that's bolstering my attitude against it. Almost every time, I'm like, this is this is fantastic, and I don't know what my problem was. So again, Walt, sorry for disparaging you in in quiet in secret. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much for uh... <laughs> he's gonna yeah, hit a, he's gonna hit a miss here eventually. Yeah, yeah, eventually. Like, why does this guy just pick movies I've heard of? You know what the heck? I've never seen the ones you've heard of. That's I know. It's a completely irrational complaint. It really is. Um, but it was great. Uh and I, I this one I will be watching multiple times. Uh so so thank you and i i thought it was fantastic well somehow i have to say when i watch it each time i watch it i'm not bored with the dialogue i mean i know what's going to happen but i know the lines i I mean i couldn't give you the whole line all the lines right now but part of the 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 cleverness of it and one of my favorite scenes is the scene after charles is dead and they're having the funeral and there's nobody there except the cop and the cop and he's in the back and, and Regina's sister-in-law sitting next to him says, well, at least he knows how to behave at funerals. And right. you come back and see him and he's clipping his nails. He's looking down. Yes. Like, yes. He's, looking down and he's clipping his nails there quietly. And then as that happens, then the door opens and the, Ned Glass comes in, a little Jewish guy comes in and he walks up to the coffin. It's an open coffin. He walks up to the coffin and starts yeah. sneezing on him. <laughs> sister-in-law says, well, you must have known Charles pretty well. He's, he's allergic to him. He's allergic to him. <laughs> yeah. and I don't remember if he talks to Regina or goes out. James Coburn comes in. And Coburn always has this cat-like grace. Especially yeah. He just glides in. He just he glides in. He flips this mirror, a little hand mirror, out of his pocket. <laughs> well, look, he's just twirl. I couldn't even duplicate it. But he still rolls his hand around in a twirl and holds it up to the guy's mouth, waits for a moment. And then checks it out and, and realizes it. And then he addresses and talks to the Regina and her sister-in-law. And he goes back and they both sat down. And then George Kennedy comes in, bangs the door open with this, wham! <laughs> and it, it made George Kennedy look like a, a moving mountain. He yeah. looked like the biggest thing on this side of the planet. And I don't know how that was done. He's a big guy anyway, but he, and he's wearing his trench coat. looks enormous. And he just walks up to the, looks down. And then they have a quick close shot of the edge of his lapel on his uh, trench coat yep. and there's a pin in it and he just the pan goes across comes out the pin's gone and then he just goes jab and sticks the pin <laughs> in Charles's side of his hand and Regina and his sister like kind of go Ugh! and then he just waits <laughs> around, pulls out. the pin out throws it away and store no sitting in the yeah. pews right there, <laughs> storms out so in a way the characterization of all three of these supporting guys absolutely all established 
in the few moments you're in this funeral. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that they just, they did the same with uh, Walter Matthau when Regina, when Audrey Hepburn first meets him and they're in the office at the embassy. And as they're chatting, he suddenly stops in the middle of it and says, Oh, have you seen this one? And puts up the picture on the desk and says, Ham Jr. And he names his three kids, whatever his wife. Right. Right. Puts it back down again. Again, character bit, complete misdirection, but a character bit that establishes who he is in a way that's funny and human and entertaining all at the same time. And you think giving you a window on his character, which turns out to not quite be true. And then the repeats, like the the spy and the agent gag that goes back and forth, like the whole, the whole film. The you know it, uh, whenever she finds out a new identity of Cary Grant, she's like, "Is there a Mrs. Yeah, yeah, is there a Mrs. Or whatever?" And yeah. then the last the last time he's like, he's like, "Yes," and then he's his mom. He pulls out a picture, picture of his mom. She's like, she's like you. That also in and um the movie just it does break the fourth wall one sharp time is when she walks into the office and finds out that he's the treasury. You know, in the embassy, he's a tra- and he just makes that goofy face at her, like, "Yeah, come on!" Yeah. Like, you, you know, like, like even he was like, "You should have seen this twist coming." You know, like you, you are, you are this movie. You should have seen. You should have known when you walked through the store, it was going to be me. You mind if I fantastic? Knocked, All of a sudden, that money being given away might make me break out. <laughs> yeah, right. Great, this great contemptuous yeah. look as she goes on in the office. So that was this. It's just funny. It's very yeah. funny, but it's got some dramatic, dramatic moments. So, oh, absolutely, so. yeah. But it's uh, it's a it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a that's a it was a great uh, great pick. Uh, if if you're if you're curious about Maurice Binder, there's a really really great website called The Art of the Title, uh, and it's just about movie title sequences, and it has examples and not only uh, photo summaries, but in 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 certain cases they actually put the actual opening credit sequence on the website, but it's called the art of the title or just art of the title.com. And uh, it's a phenomenal resource of, uh, of opening credit scenes. If you ever really want to dig into it, it's a really, really cool. They have, they've got thousands of movies, opening credit scenes on it. So. All right. Um, What's it called again? Art of the title.com. Great. I'm going to go check that out. I like yeah, it. It's just, it's, and they've got it, they've got it sorted by, you can do by title, film title search. You can, you can sort it by designer. If you know designer names, um, it's, it's really, it's really cool, cool. Uh, resource of, of opening title sequences for films. It's, it's a neat little thing to go. I do. like neat titles. So I like lettering. So, so there is uh that's charade, but anyway, uh, Walter, thank you. Thanks, guys. Always Thanks, a pleasure. You good? Well, Stay safe. Good yes, to see sir. you again. You too. Take care. Take care. Be well, Have my friend. I'll talk night. to you soon. You too. I know my favorite. <clears throat> Stanley Donan film. Yeah. Hang on a second. Let me look. Easy. Let me let me look at him. And uh, it's not uh, it's not charade. Oh. No uh, charade. No, I haven't yeah. seen that many of his films. I've only seen four, but. Yeah, I I, I know. But I like charade. I know I know what you're gonna say. I think. Yep. Top twenty all time for me. So. Singing in the rain. Top twenty. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's hard to get past. A perfect film. 
Maybe a damn Yankees too. Yeah. That's funny. funny uh, I, I did notice that he also directed if he had chosen, uh, if he had chosen his original second film was Arabesque. That's a Stanley Donan film as well. Yeah. I didn't know that till I just looked at his filmography. That's funny. And who's talking about, who's telling me about Bedazzled? Well, that was remade oh, with. Uh, was that Watchmen. Jeff? Was that Jeff talking about Bedazzled? Probably, probably. The one, the the one with uh, Dudley Moore, and then it got, and then as uh, yes. Latham was saying, it got remade with uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley, yeah. That's right. That's right. Dudley Moore is in the old one. Yeah. Oh my God! And the devil's a man. They don't. They don't it, do the. It's, it's, they, it's Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, and Peter oh, Cook Raquel wrote the screenplay. Wrote, um, yeah. It was. Is Don in English? It's got to be English. I think right? so. The and, uh, uh, he, what's he his, has a what's lot of like mod no, stuff. No, he's from South. He's from South Carolina. Oh wow, that's he loves the British like mod scene and yeah, this movie seemed to be taking place there. It was very successful. Pretty cool. What's the name? Uh, Francis. What's his, the actress in that? In what? Uh, 2000. Jesus Christ, that was oh. a long time ago. Oh my God, he Francis O'Connor. He did. Yeah. He did Saturn Three. <laughs> Who did? Stanley Donan. Who did? He, he did? did. He directed Saturn Three. I don't show that on here. Oh, this is selected. Oh, why would you? Why would you do that, Wikipedia? Why would you not just list every movie oh. he did? Oh, wow, he did. Why don't you? Why don't you use IMDb? I don't know. I just always oh. go to Wikipedia. I figure they can't screw up that part of it, but they did. <laughs> you oh, blame, blame it, it on, on Rio. Blame wow, it on Rio. That's a fun movie. There's a lot of uh, attractive women in that movie. Uh, Saturn Three is terrible. It's yes. just a garbage movie. <laughs> garbage. Um, I got suckered into that one. That's funny. Uh, yeah. Then he he did. It's eh, weird. He did. Yeah, he, he did a lot of movies whose titles I recognize, but I don't know anything about. Right. Yeah, Singing in the Rings is pinnacle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That. That. As far was... as, as far as what I've seen. That's a that's a spectacular movie. He directed Lionel Richie's Dancing on the Ceiling. Oh, did he really? Wow, the, the video, yeah, yeah, it's actually a cool video how they did it. Oh, he directed uh, he directed Audrey Hepburn in Funny Face and Two for the Road. He directed her a few times. Yeah, Funny Face for sure. Funny Face, good movie. Apparently, Cary Grant was was quoted as saying after after he did Charade, he's like, "All I want for Christmas is another film with Audrey Hepburn to do another film with Audrey uh, Hepburn," and he and he never did. Yeah. Oh wow! That woman smoked three packs of cigarettes a day until she died. Audrey Hepburn, or until she got sick. Sorry, yeah, she died young, right? Would uh, she die of? That's a great question. <laughs> Uh, it was. Let's find out. It was cancer, I think, which wouldn't surprise me, obviously. But she, she wasn't. She, she was, related to Catherine Hepburn. She was. Mm. 
I don't know. No. I don't think. I don't. Unless they're like cousins or something. Nah, no, nah, she was British. She was British. Um, it's just a no, coincidence. Just a she said the same last name. Uh, she lived to be. Uh, she lived to sixty-three. 63. That's longer than I thought. Appendicular cancer. Wow. That's a, that's a crazy. Uh, so, um, she only made thirty-one. Oh, uh, my step. Uh, yeah, cancer metastasis. Blah blah blah. <laughs> blah blah blah. Uh, all right, so Stan. Yeah. She- and then yeah, just I, I the only two things I've ever seen her in now is this and uh, always. Oh, I forgot about always. You never uh, saw the children's hour. No. It's a crazy movie. I've never seen Breakfast yeah. at Tiffany's. My Fair Lady. Oh, My Fair Lady's great. That's a great movie. I, yeah, I know the, I, I, I know the story. I, I I never saw the movie. Movie's really good. Uh, let's see origi- she was the original Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. makes sense. She was in Roman Holiday. Mm-hmm. With uh, Cary Grant again. Uh, Gregory Peck. Oh, How to Steal a Million Spawn. Same thing. <laughs> uh, Breakfast said Tiffany's is good. A little overrated. Uh... Yeah, she's obviously been in a lot of fucking things. Uh, she's been in a lot of fucking things. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say about her. All right. <laughs> Other than the fact that she's adorable. Yeah, she's adorable. She has perfect face. Can't lose. <laughs> Can't lose. <laughs> she's just, she's just, she honestly is. She's like, people talk about her like she's, She's almost like Judy Garland or like uh, Natalie Wood, like just like so pretty and cute. Like, yeah. you know, they people or, uh, just what's, wanted, her, what's her face? Uh, Grace Kelly. Yeah, exactly. Just wanted this person to succeed based on their perfect looks. And, you know, she she did. She lived till 62. So that's good. Better than Natalie Wood who fucking drowned or whatever the fuck happened to her. <laughs> I don't know why they compare. I don't know. They just—they seem to be a similar per- type of person. I could be wrong. I was going to say, who compares them? I—I I am right now. I don't—I don't know why I'm thinking of <laughs> Natalie Wood. I don't know. I don't. I just. Okay. Fair enough. Are we still recording? Yep. yep. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> why? I don't know. Well, this isn't going to make a podcast. Um, now, now, well, <laughs> just because you said it I'm, wouldn't, <laughs> I don't give it. I mean, that's fine. I guess, fine. Uh, <laughs> wow, she was 43. See, I thought Natalie would die younger, too. Okay, yep. And you're not going to find out what happened until well, you're probably never going to find out what happened because Bobby See, ain't Bobby ain't talking and Chris ain't talking, so fuck him. <laughs> Um, my mother, my mother swore that Christopher Walken killed her. 
Chris Walken <laughs> all, killed her? Yeah. All she had to do is find out that that he was on that boat, and she was like, "Yeah, he did it." <laughs> my oh. mom was my mom was certain it happened. <laughs> My mom had such a love hate thing for Christopher Walken. It's it was it's astonishing. Robert, Robert Wagner's the more likely suspect, and Chris is just saying, "I was drunk. I was asleep. I didn't see." Or anything. she fell, or she got drunk and fell. I yeah, I'm sure they were all pretty pretty well to do. Okay, well, that's just pretty cool. It's gonna oh, be she's uh, Russian. Uh, who? Natalie Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Wood is a real last name in Russia. No. It's what she it's what Zakarenko. She, it's what she causes. Right. <laughs> Probable drowning and other undetermined factors. I blame wow. the KGB. The KGB. The KGB. Why do you feel the Soviets are involved, Mr. Why are you unpopular with the Mr. Herman Department? Yeah. Listen, listen, but just, just shut the fuck up, okay? Just shut the fuck up. You're right. I have control of my words. So here's two words for you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> two words. That's so great. God, is a That's a, there's a perfect script for you. I hope, well. <laughs> what is that from? A little of there was of it. Midnight Run. Ah, uh, yeah. That it, movie's half improvised. There's a great article in Premier Magazine outlining wh- how much of that movie was just made up on the fly. Nice. It's that's that's why I love it so much. I hope someone. I haven't it. seen it in so long, such a long time. I gotta sit down and watch it. That again. It holds up well. It's Charles Grodin is oh, the glue of that movie, and he went through hell to make it. So he hate he hates he hated the experience, but the movie's great. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's a great premiere article. You might be able to find it. Let's see, it's probably digitized online at this point. Let's see, premiere magazine midnight run. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> the two of you drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not online. I actually have the premiere. Uh, if you'd like me to fax you a copy of the article, that is not possible. I do not accept faxes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You could, you could take a picture. Send a link. You could take a picture. The goddamn thing. You could take pictures of the pages with your phone and mail. mail. That is something I could do. That is. He's uh, testing your level of commitment by sending it by snail mail. Know, right? <laughs> What's your level of commitment? You can pull the pages out, fold them up, and uh, <laughs> send them. You can make your paper plane of them and send them stop into the ether. A, stop by a FedEx Kinko's <laughs> and uh, run, off, run off some copies. You guys never got Premier Magazine? I did. Yeah. I, I, was, a, I was a subscriber for years. I have a lot of old ones. Uh, not all of them, but. Their summer movie issue was like I couldn't wait for that to come out. Every yeah, year. it was like oh, awesome. yeah. They're, they're, the summer, both the 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 spring one and also the fall one was good too, or the or the one that they would showcase the whole year. They would like oh yeah yeah at the end of the year. It usually come out in like January or February. Yeah, then. that was fun. And then the yeah. Oscar issue and right, there, it was yeah. once a month, so it was like you know 
it's funny how you got it. You know, you only got it once a month. So, and you would just, you would just gobble up every piece of information out yeah, of that. Like it was like, it. it was like a fucking Pac-Man. And those were, those were the little blob, the little blobs everywhere. And now you're just like, it all just like falls in your lap. If you have stuff set up properly, but it's just, you know, fucking wall just shows that page you know like just casually like yeah hey, look did you go look at his facebook page yeah of course did we go look at the scan yeah it's he sent me a scan of it it's uh, disgusting it's, it's, just, it's disgusting what's Stop it, it for uh it's actually it's to, it's to discourage anybody else from ever picking up a pencil <laughs> it's, a, it's <laughs> do not attempt to do anything it's a psychological warfare that's yeah, what it's for <laughs> It's a, That's funny. Can't let them forget that I'm the master. <laughs> it's a. It's actually a, a, a private commission, believe it or not. Jesus Christ! Someone paid him for that. You don't want to know how much. I do not. I, do not. I wouldn't even come close to asking how much. That is. No sir. Thanks to Festlian Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all of the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments when we do them. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod. For Asan Goblin, Latham Conger III, Walter Simonson, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. As always, in the words of our friend and treasure-hunting heroine, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.